A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. When we drive simplicity internally within an organization, we drive simplicity to our shoppers. You have a vision, but bring specific actions. Caring for people who work with me, putting myself in their shoes and being really empathetic in terms of the communication and actions. It's a creator mindset versus being a worker. So I tell my team, let's be doing meaningful stuff versus busy stuff. Let's be thought leaders and use business acumen to really make your decisions. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, did you see what's happening in the stock market right now? We could talk hour by hour, minute by minute, but I'm assuming you're talking about some recently reported earnings. Indeed. Our friend, Mr. Zuckerberg, ain't one of the richest people no more. I really would not mind having his bank account, even the crappiest bank account, but I hear you barking. It's been a bit of a rough go, but man, you know, sometimes you reap what you sow. Yeah. Well, it's not like we're surprised, you know. All my friends who have D2C businesses starting last summer, Facebook stopped working for them as an acquisition channel. And it was because of the changes in iOS 14. And now they're calling me, asking me, hey, do I need to end up on the shelves of Amazon, Target, Walmart? Well, help our audience who doesn't always understand all of these nuances nearly as well as like it rolls off your tongue. So if you're not part of iOS 14, what does that mean? So let's all pretend that we all were... D2C brand owners, meaning we had a consumer product, we built a Shopify site, and now we needed to start driving customer acquisition. Well, what you would do is you would start buying Facebook ads and you would take the Facebook pixel and you would put it on your product detail pages and you would also put it on your checkout cart. And so that way, when qualified shoppers were engaging with you or checking out, you could go remarket to them to sell them more things. You could go build lookalike audiences to find people that look like them. It was just this amazing way to acquire customers. When Apple woke up about two years ago and realized that people like Facebook were monetizing their traffic, the traffic that was happening in their hardware, they were like, wait a second, let's put a stop to that. And let's make it very difficult for someone like Facebook to actually monetize the traffic. And so they made a change in Safari that essentially says you can't pixel people anymore. And so that whole playbook that I just described to you no longer works. 
trucks. And so if you're a D2C brand where you are driving the majority of your marketing dollars through Facebook to drive customer acquisition, and now it doesn't work anymore, well, it's time for you to look elsewhere. Where they're moving to is number one, Google. So Google's been pretty resilient because of search. And then number two, they're now asking themselves, do we need to move to places like Amazon, Target, Walmart? Because they got reach and qualified shoppers. And data. And data. So let's talk about qualified shoppers for a minute. Isn't the shopper experience different than the consumer experience? Isn't Facebook a consumer app and Walmart shopper experience? Oh, don't we just love our marketing terminology? No one wakes up and says, I'm going to open up Facebook to have a consumer experience. And I'm going to open up Walmart to have a shopping experience. They're just living their lives. And they're going to move between these apps and web browsers and physical store and online, however they choose. Wait, 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 so we're not robots? Not yet. (laughs) But unfortunately, this dream that we've all had that you could seamlessly transact across platforms, yes, technically that's possible, but no, it's not happening because big companies don't play nice together. But the word I think, Sarah, that you're zoning in on is shopper. You and I both were agency side for a long time. And the shopper agencies were kind of like the people that you put in the back of the room. Now they're the people that you put in the front of the room sitting next to the C-suite because everyone understands that you have to build your strategies now around the shopper. Because the shopper is what we call them, the person, the person. I know we talked about this in a prior episode with Stephen Chris. How do we obliterate all of this like jargon and just talk about human beings who buy stuff? And if we can really say, oh, we're going to put the consumer, the shopper, the whatever front and center, let's just put the person front and center. And I think that's one of the really interesting things that Priya Shinoi really brings to today's episode. Well, on that note, let's bring Priya onto the show. We are so happy to have you. And especially you and I have known each other for quite some time. You joined Tillamook after a while at Nestle, one of the biggest FMCGs in the world. This role of director of shopper and customer marketing, what does it mean? Like what's in in your span of control and influence? Thank you, Sarah and Rachel, to having me on this podcast. It's truly a pleasure and a privilege. Yes, it's been 100 days since I joined TCCA. Tillamook, yes, is very different from Nestle. It's a farmer-owned co-op, a B Corp, a premium uh, product in six categories of cheese, ice cream, yogurt, butter, sour cream, and cream cheese spread. Truly an amazing company with purpose, and it's actually 112 years old. I don't know if people know that. It's 1909 is when it was formed. It's a growth company expanding nationally very, very fast to the east. And what's very, very different about this versus Nestle is that it's a co-op and farmers are shareholders. I think that was the first big difference that I saw personally. And then from my perspective, I am leading the customer and shopper marketing team, which is truly a business partner for sales and the marketing teams. And the objective is converting consumers into loyal Tillamook shoppers. Now, that's not different from any other company. I think one of the biggest control and influence I have in this role is to be building a world-class talent of customer marketing marketers having this capability of retail and shopper and really being a student of the business. I want to emphasize that part because 
being a smaller company, being a student of the business is super critical besides having skill sets in that space. So, you know, Tilma versus Nestle, if I went on LinkedIn, I'm sure the employee count looks quite different. What is it like moving from such a huge organization to still a, a sizable company, but certainly smaller than Nestle in terms of your influence, your day-to-day work, maybe even personal enjoyment? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the biggest difference I'm seeing already in my 100 days is lesser hierarchy and processes. It leads to fast decision-making, agility, and adaptability. But I think what's the biggest difference in Tillamook is it has a challenger mindset. And what that means is that we think really deeply in the priorities and choices that we make each day to drive that impact with our external shareholders. And uh, within my role, actually, I'm really like super excited as we go into 2022 to see how we really challenge some aspect of how our consumers shop, experience and consume our product. If you actually go to our website, we have tillamook.com, which is really a very amazing e-retail buy now capability that we are building. So in my role, I'm really looking at how we take all these different consumer journeys and become more efficient and frictionless for our consumers, if whether they shop at our own channels or whether they shop at our e-retail. Let's talk about the word shopper. Mm-hmm. Why use it? That's a really good question. I think shopper is not a noun. I look at it as a mindset. You are always a consumer, but then how you shop and what your mindset is at that moment is what we are thinking about in the future. And looking at it as a manufacturer who could get your consumer to shop on the own channel versus a mindset of shopping for a two-hour delivery window with Instacart or going to supermarket to shop or doing a pickup. That mindset is what we're trying to figure out and get to the next level and use our challenger mindset to make choices of where we want to influence them. This is really interesting as you start thinking about that move, not just from Big Nestle to Agile Tillamook, but also in terms of the mindset. Nestle has been strong in e-commerce for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Tillamook probably didn't even have real e-commerce penetration. You know, you talked about the shopper mindset and you talked about things like click and collect and you talked about two-hour windows with Instacart. Start unlocking that a little bit more. And the shopper mindset is could be a shopper on their couch, could be, you know, a shopper on the train. Yep. So even just thinking through that, one of the interesting things in in this job that you have is thinking about it through the lens of somebody who can really only fulfill because of the perishable nature of the product in and of itself. So how do you even think about bringing that mindset both to Tillamook, but also in your relationships with the retailers? What we have currently focused on is really the pickup aspect because it makes a lot of sense in terms of the categories that we play in because it gets pretty expensive when you start to try to ship our products to consumers' homes. But not to say that we don't want to think about it in the future, but right now we are thinking of our challenger mindset. We are saying we have to win and pick up. We have to win on Instacart. We have to win on our key retailers. So we are investing very choicefully in terms of where we spend our resources and dollars with some of our key retailers that have that pickup capability. 
if you think about the Telemuk products, the products always win in terms of the quality and the kind of promise that they make to the consumer. So we've seen such a high loyalty. It's 60% uh, loyalty that we see within our brands that once somebody tries us, we know that they are going to be buying us. So the pickup has been really the focus. And then going forward in the next couple of years, we are going to see how to unlock the other aspects of e-com. But we truly look at this as an connected commerce and an omni-commerce mindset, because I know that, you know, as looking at a lot of the insights that are coming back as COVID pandemic era is ending, we're going back to this digital world of physical and digital. So we cannot ignore that physical aspect of the in-store and the personalization and the disruptive discovery kind of a shopping experience we want to have. So uh, it cannot be all e-commerce. In my mind, it is connected commerce and omni-commerce. I'm curious how you're, you're approaching discovery, mm-hmm. right? If 60% of people who end up trying stay loyal customers, putting my you know, hat on if, if I was on your team, I'd be like, how the hell do I drive sampling out of this product? Mm-hmm. Because if I know I do that, we're off to the races. How have you approached that? Yeah, we are in the multi-category business compared to our competitors. So we have ice cream and cheese and sour cream and butter. Cheese and ice cream being our two top categories that we play in. So the way we think about sampling is not necessarily somebody standing at a store and giving you little samples. It's more about having a promotional strategy and a multi-category strategy where if somebody is buying cheese, uh, we get them to buy ice cream or vice versa. And we've seen some interesting data where on the east coast of our business, we are leading with ice cream on the west coast, we're leading with cheese. So there is a very interesting dynamic from a consumer standpoint. And that's the kind of when I talked about being a student of the business for my team, making sure and encouraging them to think of business first, what the objective is, and then using the shopper and customer marketing skill sets to really win is where my focus is going to be next year as I dive into this role. So it's really using that multi-category focus to sample with for cons- consumers with our categories. So Priya, we, we've known each other for quite some time and the E&I has always been extremely important to you. You've been a voice for people who haven't always had the kind of bravery. And, you know, we talked about commerce. Let's talk about bravery. Tell us more about your role leading as a DEI advocate, and perhaps if you can provide some advice to others in the space. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a different answer, perhaps on diversity. I don't think of diversity as being different. I think about it as an additive to an organization. Just putting myself in this space, I think about myself as diversity of thought because I I'm an engineer, an MBA, and have a multicultural background, having lived in different countries, India and the USA. And what I really, really believe is that we as humans, we really want to belong. My perspective on belonging is to belong to a tribe that connects to my inner values. What that means is I've always tried to be vulnerable, come from a place of curiosity, and that has actually challenged the status quo and led change in the organization, whether it was my e-commerce transformation role in Nestle or what it is today in Telemuk. Telemuk has a much more wider aspect in terms of change that we are going with the growth that we want to build next year. Just kind of like 
talking about the three behaviors that I think about when I think of diversity is driving clarity and reducing complexity. It sounds very simple, but when we drive simplicity internally within an organization, we drive simplicity to our shoppers. And what that really means is you have a vision, but bring specific actions to execution. And that's my engineering diversity that I bring in. The second one I always think is demonstrating caring for people who work with me, putting myself in their shoes and being really empathetic in terms of the communication and actions. And what I've seen actually in Tillamook as well as Nestle is it helps you slow down to make those decisions, the right decisions. You don't just rush and just react. And then finally, in terms of being like this maker versus creator, it's a creator mindset versus being a worker. So I tell my team, let's be doing meaningful stuff versus busy stuff. Let's be thought leaders and use business acumen to really make your decision. So diversity to wrap up is really about being additive. That's what I think. And that's why I joined Telemuk too, because I was additive to the organization with the skill set that I had and the background that I had. Well, after that, I'm not sure what your answer is about to be in terms of what's the bravest thing that you've ever done. <laughs> it's a semi-personal and professional uh, story that I'm going to tell you and being very vulnerable on this. Uh, so I went to business school about 15 years ago. This was five years after I moved from India. Moving from India itself was brave. I had to take student loans for my MBA. And a month before I graduated B-School, I was still looking for a job because I was trying to find that right company. I was an engineer and I wanted to uh, move into uh, brand management. I had $500 in my bank. And my choices were, do I move back to India or do I stay put? Uh, But did not know how I would fund myself even for rent. My rent was $600. (laughs) So here's the diversity aspect of mine. Debt was something that was discouraged growing up in India. It was a no-no. I had to be really brave for myself. And at that moment, I just walked into my counselor's office. I said, what do I do? And she said, well, this is the last day to get the student loan. So I get $10,000, go back home. Three weeks later, I interview with GE, General Electric, get a marketing job and join the consumer finance division in Connecticut. So the brave thing for me was to overcome my own cultural barrier of debt and then take care of myself financially, because had I not done that, I would have taken a wrong choice in choosing the opportunity that I would be doing to fund the basics of my life, like, you know, like living. So I still think back uh, on this question, and that's probably the bravest thing. And that's kind of led me to continue to be brave in different aspects, but this was probably the defining moment in bravery. Wow, that is extraordinary. You know, I think overcoming cultural yep. barriers and vulnerabilities is a really hard thing to do. Thank you. Bravo to you. Thank you so much, Priya, for joining us today. This is really thoughtful and we wish you the best of luck in in this not quite as new role, but one uh, that sounds like it's full of promise and excitement. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Rachel great being here. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend.
Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast new episodes come out every tuesday i do hope to see you there